Welcome back. You're watching Stock Picks, and today we unpack Vodacom, Absa, and Nippy Rock Castle with Fahima Dia from Momentum Securities. Fahima, it's always a pleasure and a good afternoon to you. Afternoon, Alexander. Thanks for having me. Wonderful, Fahima. Let's get straight into it. Vodacom, uh, of course, a lot of the analysts we speak to here are actually really like MTN, but of course, you've gone with this account today. Let's talk about why. Yeah, sure. So I think what we like about Vodacom at the moment, Nolatandu, is just um, the number of deals that they've been working on at the moment. So recently that Vodafone Egypt deal that uh, was consolidated in December has been very beneficial for the group. We're seeing that filter through in their results. Um, it contributed quite nicely to the first half results. Also, that partnership uh, with Amazon on uh, the satellites that's expected to bring 4G and 5G to remote locations is definitely a positive uh, for, Vod uh, for Vodacom. And we're expecting that to really help them roll out their network uh, coverage in Europe and both Africa. And then, of course, that recent wheeling agreement uh, that Vodacom has established with ESCOM will be beneficial in terms of dealing with the load shedding issues and enabling Vodacom to, you know, keep their network running for longer during bouts of load shedding. And uh, just looking at the valuation in general, we think that it's tra uh, trading at quite an attractive forward PE of about 10 times and has quite a bit of upside at these levels. Imagine to get your thoughts also on them uh, really becoming or uh, forming a financial services business uh, within Vodacom. Of course, we knew that uh, the telco space is becoming uh, rather saturated. The margins are also very hard to manage. And it makes sense for these telco companies to go and look for value elsewhere. Can you get your thoughts on that Vodacom financial services part of the business, Fahima? Yeah, sure. So that M-Pesa money platform is actually performing very well. We've seen um, growth coming from there in the last half. Expecting to see further growth coming uh, from that segment in the next year or two. It's also doing quite well internationally. And um, if you look at it, it's actually now recognized as Africa's largest mobile money platform by transaction value. So definitely a positive for Vodacom and also in terms of, you know, providing some diversity there for their revenue base. And then let's talk about the massive deal, because, of course, uh, that could be also a further boost for the company. But right now it is looking a little bit precarious, Fahima. What are your thoughts here on this one and the Competition Commission? Yes, I think it was a bit of a disappointment. Um, so this would have been quite a favorable deal uh, and given Vodacom access to more of those uh, fiber assets. Uh, but unfortunately, like you said, the Competition Commission came back and said that it would be unfavorable for competitors if that deal were to go ahead. Vodacom are, however, appealing that decision. So we'll see what comes from that. Um, but yeah, it is a disappointing uh, development that happened there with the Competition Commission as it could have been very favorable for Vodacom in terms of expanding mm. its uh, network service uh, to more underserved locations in the country. Well, Fahima, from the red uh, telco to the red bank, let's talk about apps now. This is one of your stock picks. Uh, why have you gone with this one today? Um, yeah, so we like APSA and, um, you know, the SA banks in general, Nolatandra, have been quite resilient amidst quite a difficult macro backdrop. They have been benefiting from the higher interest rate environment given those endowment effects. Uh, if we look at the recent results from APSA, we found that to be resilient despite uh, a difficult backdrop. I mean, the, the impairments were up 60%, which was a negative there. But all in all, we thought it was a decent set of results given the challenges. And uh, as we see the, the 
macro environments improve in South Africa, going into the next six months, we're expecting to see inflation to start coming off and interest rates to start going down, which will have a positive impact on consumers. And then, um, you know, once the consumer is under less pressure, we're expecting to see banks like APSA show a lot more recovery. And if we look at it from a valuation point of view, if we compare APSA to like the first round, it's definitely trading at a more attractive uh, forward PE in comparison to the likes of our first round. Let's talk impairments now. Uh, you know, the other day I spoke to an analyst who said that, you know, this impairment story will eventually fade and the SA banks will still be valuable way past it. And, you know, it might be a good time to enter right now, uh, buy the stock, weather the impairment, uh, you know, storm and find yourself on the other side. Fahima, what do you think of that? Yes, I think I agree with that view, Nolotando. Like I said, you know, once... Um uh, the environment improves for, for consumers. So at the moment, consumers are obviously under a lot of pressure because of the high levels of inflation. We've got high interest rates and that's putting pressure on them. And that is why we're seeing that increase in the impairments. But once uh, we start to see some improvements in the SA macro backdrop, we start to see inflation come under control. Interest rates will start coming off. We'll definitely start to see improvements coming there on the impairments line. And I think a good thing to note with uh, SA banks in particular, and also APSA, mm. is that these are very well capitalized businesses. You know, they've got strong balance sheets. They're able to withstand these headwinds until uh, the, uh, the macro backdrop does show signs of improvement. Then let's move on to Nepi Rockcastle because I think this is uh, certainly my favorite one for today, Fahima. It is a West Eastern Europe rather, uh, you know, retail uh, mall owner, and they really have found this niche market in Eastern Europe, um, but possibly where no one was looking for value, and, and they've done really, really well. Yes, yes, they have had really outstanding set of results for the past um, half knowledge under. So if we look at Nepi Rock Castle, um, what we like about it is that it provides a RAND hedge, uh, given this exposure to all of the European uh, uh, properties. So it's got exposure to Central and Eastern Europe. We've got the likes of, you know, Bulgaria, Poland. And um, I think it's also been beneficial for this business is the fact that we've had a lot of um, Ukrainians and uh, Russians flee to Eastern European countries in a bit to try and escape the war there. And uh, that seems to have also perhaps had an impact on their results. Um, and if we just look at some of the, the, the recent results that they released there, they've said that uh, the occupancy levels have showed improvement, the loan to value ratio has improved, and uh, revenue has also improved there. So. We, we do see good results continue to come from there. Uh, and if we compare, you know, Europe in comparison to the likes of South Africa, the property sector there is obviously performing a lot better. They don't have the challenges we're experiencing here in terms of load shedding and these other headwinds. So it's it's definitely a growth market there in Europe. And, um, in, and that's why it's one we think uh, we should have on the radar. And uh, it also offers a, a quite a valuable dividend yield uh, of about 9%. So uh, a conservative one to, to, to select, given that it's a REIT and, um, you know, obviously there are headwinds facing equity markets at the moment and, and a REIT is a, a more conservative one to choose for now. Also interesting, I mean, uh, you mentioned that proximity to Ukraine and Russia and, of course, uh, people mm. fleeing uh, those uh, markets uh, to move into uh, Eastern Europe still. Does the proximity not also pose some form of a risk, uh, you know, uh, or are we maybe at this point for now convinced that that war is contained between those two nations and the rest of the region should be okay? Yes, I think for now our view generally is it seems the risk has been 
pretty much contained between U Ukraine and Russia. We're not really expecting to see things spread to other parts uh, of Europe. So, yeah, for now, I think mm. uh, it doesn't seem like it's a high risk. We're just mostly seeing the benefits from now in terms of having Ukrainians and Russians maybe, you know, support businesses in the rest of Europe. There are uh, schools of thought that might think that the easy money ha has been made with the Nippi Rock Castle Fahima. What are your thoughts on that? Um, so, my view, I think there is still possibility to enter at this point. Uh, there is still ca capital upside of at least, I would say, 10% on this one. And uh, like I said, the, the dividend yield is, is still looking quite attractive at about 9%. So, definitely one that you can still find an opportunity uh, to enter into. And REITs and debt, Fahima, you know, we often hear uh, that uh, REITs, uh, REITs often then carry this large chunk of debt because of uh, their business being a capital intensive. I'm wondering if you're concerned at all about the debt that Nepi Rock Castle holds. Um, not at the moment, uh, not at So I think that uh, their loan to value ratio is quite favorable and it also showed some improvements recently. Uh, I think it was something like around, um, I'm just seeing if I can find the number here, but about 37%. Um, so that's favorable. We also, if we look at the credit rating from the rating agencies, it's also a favorable rating. So not too concerned about the debt on that side. I think that it's well managed. And um, these type of businesses don't usually have issues when it comes to extending their debt profiles when it does come up for maturity. Must then ask you uh, for uh, the, you know, our retail investors at home, Fahima, if they'd like to invest in these stocks, in what order would you buy these stocks? So I think the the first one would probably be uh, Nepi Rock Castle, Nolatando. So like I said, it's viewed as more stable, uh, given that it's a REIT. And I think, you know, the equity markets do have some headwinds at the moment. There's quite a lot of uncertainty and volatility going on uh, in the markets at present. It uh, can be viewed as a RAND hedge. And it's also offering a, a stable dividend yield of 9%. And uh, we believe there is still some further capital upside on this one of at least, say, 10%. Uh, the next one I would probably recommend is Vodacom. So, like I said, that Amazon partnership is quite favorable for the business, and I think a lot of growth is going to come from that. We're also expecting a, a lot of growth to come from that Vodafone Egypt uh, acquisition, and uh, we've already seen that coming through in the results. Um, also, the international operations, including the likes of M-Pesa, is expected to, to show growth in the next few years. And uh, it's got a decent dividend yield of about 6.5%, uh, which is also favorable. And then lastly, I would probably say APSA. So, like I said, APSA is a strong bank. It's uh, got a strong balance sheet and it's well capitalized. And once we see an improvement in the SA macro backdrop, we, we should likely start to see uh, the stock also pick up more and uh, show further signs of recovery. And of course, for our educational term uh, for today, Fahima, we have gone with cash flow. Talk to us about that. Yes, yeah, so my term is free cash flow to the firm Nolisandro. So, Basically, what free cash flow to the firm is, is it's the cash that is remaining in the business after uh, cash has been paid for things like your capex and other operating expenses within the business. And it's therefore the cash that is uh, remaining for uh, the investors of capital in the business. So that would be your shareholders and your creditors. 
Uh, the payments to these capital providers would include the likes of your dividends, interest payments, repayments of debt. Um, it's often used alongside items like net income to determine the financial health of the company. And it's a, it's a, it's a favorable metric uh, to use given that it only focuses on cash. So it would exclude non-cash items such as depreciation, for example. Um, and it's generally advisable in our view to invest in companies that have high cash flow generation. Is it always uh, important to look at cash flow? Are all uh, industries, you know, uh, is the cash flow balance there or how cash flow has moved important all the time? So I think what we, we generally prefer to look at is the trend in cash flow growth over the years, Nolitando, if there's some consistent growth there. If, you know, you have one year where you've got strong cash flow and suddenly it just drops off, and that's obviously cause for concern. But then you have certain high growth industries that are obviously investing a lot back into the business. You know, you have your tech companies as an example of that. that will have uh, low cash flow and uh, low dividends because they are reinvesting back into the company. So, I mean, in those cases, obviously, um, you know, we wouldn't expect to see that much free cash flow. But yes, when it comes to other companies that, you know, are supposed to be generating healthy net income for the state of the cycle that they're in, then it is one that we would focus on. Bafahima, it's always a pleasure having you on Stock Picks with us. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you. And that was Fahima Adia from Momentum Securities with your Tuesday edition of Stock Picks.